Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Greensburg. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Decatur County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Good morning. It is Monday, August 14th. It's five minutes after 10. This is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Thank you for joining us this morning. He's Rob Kendall. You can find him on Twitter, Rob M. Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. I'm there as well. Casey Daniels 317. Right now we're both on YouTube. Type in Kendall and Casey into your YouTube search bar. All right, we're going to talk about uh, former President Barack Obama. More revelations about his sexuality have come to light an old letter written to his ex-girlfriend has surfaced and in it barack obama has confessed to quote making love to men daily but in the imagination casey i'm gonna need a point of clarification here okay on what the hell that even means does that mean he sat around thinking about making love to men all day in the imagination I don't know if it was all day, but it has crossed his mind. Well, it says love to men daily, but in the imagination. Yeah. So that means in his head, Mm -hmm. that was what he was thinking about. Yes. We're talking about Barack Obama's sexual fantasies. So this was this letter, I guess now would be about 40 years old. Mm -hmm. And apparently it was thrown out there into the ether by uh, this guy named David Garrow, who is an Obama biographer. And look, it doesn't it doesn't. It didn't matter anyway, I guess, but it doesn't certainly doesn't matter now. He's a two term president and he's that's in the rearview mirror. I think what it does underscore, though, is how little was actually known about a guy who became president of the mm. United States. Yeah. And isn't it fascinating that this 40 year old letter existed and yet the entire time he was running for president, was president, never saw the service. Now, his brother has been very vocal. By the way, his brother is a big Trump fan. So said this what weeks months ago whatever it was that Obama was definitely gay yeah he, and, put, he put that out on Twitter that was uh in reaction to a post that the former president had been uh talking about book bans he said quote in uh this letter that Obama wrote he was 21 at the time uh and again he wrote this to his then girlfriend um Quote, in regard to homosexuality, I must say that I believe this is an attempt to remove oneself from the present, a refusal perhaps to perpetuate the endless farce of earthly life. You see, I make love to men daily, but in the imagination. Mm -hmm. Now, again, it's another example. I also I think it's a very big insight into how this guy needs you to believe he's the smartest guy of any room he walks into. Mm -hmm. He can't just say it. Like, I think about banging dudes every day. Like, he won't just say that. He says it in this bizarre, very weird word salad where you're reading going, what? And again, it doesn't matter. A gay person could certainly be president of the United States. There's absolutely zero problem with that. There's many people who prefer, enjoy the company of the same sex who, when it comes to your freedom to do whatever you want or protecting this nation from enemies, foreign and domestic or whatever, would probably do a fabulous job. I just think it is a punch in the face of how little the media actually investigated this guy and how little we actually know about him and still know about him to this day. 
And you know, if that guy were a Republican, all of this totally would have been come out. and The guy would have been out of the race immediately. Yeah. Well, he wrote this letter a long time ago, as you mentioned, probably before he had any twinkle in his eye about going into politics. And lucky for him, it never did surface the entire time he was running or he was in office. The letter is now owned by Emory University. It's under lock and key. <laughs> Uh, but okay, so isn't that isn't that amazing, Casey? How this just keeps happening with Democrats, whether it is after the fact, Joe Biden's business dealings, or this stuff with Obama, that it just man, it just it's under lock and key, or you can't get access to it, or the media just re- won't report on it. Yet with Donald Trump, if the guy had a two-flusher during his bowel movement. It's the lead story in every newspaper in America. So his brother said that Barack Obama is definitely gay. He put that out on Twitter. So I guess my question is, are you gay just by thinking of things, or do you actually have to act on them to officially well, become gay? Is it, is it this Where's we- the line? Isn't this wild, Casey? Because this is the one of the conversations we're having with Trump right now. Is something declassified by thinking, thinking it? it? Or do you or actually do you have, actually have to do it, right? So here's the deal. If we say Obama is gay, then I will also say that Trump had to, uh, just by thinking it, then Trump can be declassified by thinking it too, right? right. You can't have it both ways. Right, exactly. Where's that line? Here, here's more of this. I mean, and again, it just is a great insight, these letters into what an elitist this guy is and the word salad. Even at 21 years old, he was putting his lover through instead of just saying, whatever you are, you are. He said, quote, that his mind is androgynous to an extent Mm -hmm. to make it more so until I can think in terms of people, not women as opposed to men. He also noted, this is according to the post-millennial, that he chooses, quote, to accept the contingency that has been given by being physically born as a man. And that is, it it appears to say that he is saying, I would, this is how I'm interpreting it. I would prefer to be with men, however, because I am a man, I cannot be with men. Because he's saying that that's not socially acceptable. Basically, right. I mean, you got to remember, forty years ago, where homosexuality was, or being open about your sexual preferences versus today. That is what I took away from that. Is he very clearly is saying, I would prefer to be with men, but because I physically can't do it because of the hopes, dreams, aspirations. I mean, Obama was a guy that clearly had aspirations for higher things very early on in his life. And I think his other books and writings and whatever bear that out, that he said, I cannot act on this. But that to me is the just, I mean, that's what he's saying. For this to come out now, he's a former president, doesn't really mean much. But there is a lot of talk about Michelle Obama possibly going into the Democrat, uh, you know, national stage and maybe her running for president. And then, yes, it does become an issue then. If they're going to continue to dabble into the political world, then, yeah, it's a thing. And and again, I want to be very, very clear on this. There is absolutely nothing wrong with someone who might be a homosexual being president of the United States. Regardless of what someone's personal opinion on that may be, there's zero reason that that person couldn't faithfully lead in areas of liberty and freedom and national defense and lower taxes and more accountable government. We're not talking about this because of that. To me, it is just such a just pie in the face, uh, blinking red light 
about how it is possible that when we are forced to celebrate every single day different people's sexualities or transsexualities or look at me, look at me, look at me, that a guy who became president of the United States, and he wrote it in letters, Casey. It's mm-hmm. not like a he said, she said. It's in letters. It's his own writing. From his hand. He very clearly wanted this person to know about it. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, I'm so mortified. I must keep this thought to myself. And yet this guy by the you factor it in basically nine and a half years running for public office and then being in public office and conveniently it never came to the surface. It slipped his mind. I think this definitely fuels the rumors about the relationship between Barack and Michelle Obama. I didn't know we were going to be talking about sexual fantasies this early in the morning, but you Makes know. you feel good about yourself, hey, doesn't it? you first. Hey, Kev, you're the only one who has to weigh in on this. All right, hey, let's take a break. When we come back, Charles Bookwalder is going to join us. Uh, he what was he was a Green Beret, wasn't he? Is he that, was. Is that right? Yeah. And he is running in Indiana's fourth congressional district, that is uh, the western side of the state, against incumbent Jim Baird. And he has made a pretty serious allegation against incumbent Congressman Jim Baird that he is using taxpayer-funded resources to campaign for re-election. That's a pretty big deal. Bookwalter's going to join us to tell us the details when we come back. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. congressman in the state of indiana let's get to the details 93 wibc it is the kendall and casey show i'm rob casey's here and there are allegations against jim baird who represents indiana's fourth congressional district by his opponent charles bookwalter that he has inappropriately used taxpayer money to provide resources that are being used for his campaign. And let's get to the bottom of it. Let's go right to the drivehubler.com hotline. We are joined by Charles Bookwalter, who is challenging Jim Baird in the 4th Congressional District Republican primary. Charles, let's uh, tell us what's up, man. You think Jim Baird's done done something inappropriate? Let it let it rip. Well, good morning. Good morning, all the listeners. Um, you know, in the last few weeks, uh, we've done nine parades, 14 fairs, six festivals, and handed out about 6,000 pieces of literature. I've uh, shaked literally thousands of, of hands of people. And it, it wasn't my finding. It was actually some of my staff that uh, noticed that um, some literature that was on the fair booths was literature that was provided by the Baird campaign that was paid for by taxpayer dollars. And, okay, so you know, real, real, real quick, Charles, time out. So let me, like, mm-hmm. when you go to these county fairs, typically the local Republican Party will have a booth there, and they'll say, hey, whoever's running for public office, you can throw your stuff out there, and then if people are walking by, they can pick it up. Now, what you're saying is the items for Jim Baird that should be being paid for by his campaign are being paid for by the taxpayers, and if indeed that's true, that's a big no-no. That, that's right. Now, uh, here's an observation is within the first three weeks of our campaigning, very difficult, very hard. Uh, there wasn't much activity out of the Baird campaign. Uh, and in fact, the literature that was on the tables was from 2018. <laughs> and, and, and the reason it's from 2018 is because incumbents 
are, don't have to campaign. And so this campaign in the 4th Congressional District, what I'm trying to remind people, you haven't had a choice for six years because establishment, they, they protect their incumbents and incumbents don't have to run. So they, I feel like they were on their heels a little bit. So they put out the only material they had, which was from 2018. And I, I've got uh, pictures to show that because it addresses uh, the congressman as a sitting Indiana assemblyman. Oh, so wow. Twenty eight. It was from 2018, and my staff noticed that. I noticed that. And then once our campaign momentum picked up, we noticed that was replaced with with uh, with some new literature, which was from um, which was uh, from taxpayer dollars. It's particularly irksome because we are working very hard to fundraise so that we can buy campaign material for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So it's very irksome when a an incumbent uses taxpayer dollars to spread their message instead of uh, campaign funds. Charles, I know Casey wants to pop in here, but before I do that, I just want to clarify. So what you're saying is there are things you will get in the mail from Jim Barrett as a congressman. Now, Casey and I have talked about this for years, that these are basically taxpayer-funded infomercials because they are campaign pieces, basically, for these guys paid for by us, but they're legal, right? It's in the Congress, I'm fighting for you on blah, 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 blah. But there, you know, it says on these, you know, mailers paid for by taxpayer dollars. He's putting those at the political booths, which there's supposed to be a clearer separation from. That's the crux of your complaint, right? Yes, that's correct. All right, Casey, go ahead. I'm just wondering, how how can you tell whether he's just out there being a congressman or if he's out there campaigning? Well, I don't think either of those is going on, Casey. There, there is no, so one of the biggest things I hear from people as I out shaking hands is they don't know who their congressman is uh, because they don't have to go out and campaign. If I, if you remember uh, in 2020 and 2022, the primate, the challenger was removed from the ballot. So there is no campaign, and uh, in, oftentimes incumbents aren't out in their district campaigning. So that, that is it, there is no campaigning. Casey, there's and I'm only starting to see an uptick in campaigning right now. Have you guys um, filed and, and, a complaint? Yes. Uh, someone on my uh, staff filed an ethics complaint. But you know what? Hey, it's early in the morning. And that, this is important. And, but but it's, it's kind of, you know, I don't want to call it nitpicking. It's just frustrating. But it's early in the morning, so I want to open up with something positive. Okay? Mm-hmm. Let's all remember that in 2006, Jim Baird ran for Putnam County Commissioner against an incumbent, okay, against an incumbent, Dennis O'Hare. So there was a time when he understood the value of primary challengers. Moreover, he ran as an outsider. He attacked career politicians, quote-unquote. He called for, quote-unquote, a common-sense approach to fix the broken system in Washington, D.C., for example. He said he we needed new leaders in Washington. This is all verifiable. You can look it up. And he'll stand up for the people of West Central Indiana to get things done. He wanted to know where his tax money is being sent. And his goals were to end Obamacare, protect the country's borders, and strengthen the military. But in reality, he expanded government health care during COVID, has, has not voted to protect our borders. And the most egregious thing is that he has voted to expand NATO, voted for every intervention abroad, including Syria and Africa, and has voted for every Ukraine spending package, including allowing for cluster bombs to be sent there, which has generational 
impact. Uh, Charles so, Bookwalder is our guest. Uh, he has filed a complaint against Jim Baird in the 4th Congressional District. He's the incumbent congressman for using taxpayer resources for campaign purposes. Now, it's not nitpicking, though, uh, Charles. It's not nitpicking at all if indeed he's done that and somebody will look at that and, and they'll figure it out. But it is the we talk about this all the time on the show, the power of incumbency, that these people have huge inherent advantages because they can use the power of the office. And if indeed what you're saying is true, this is a pretty brazen act of that and it's why we need term limits and why we need to get these people out look jim baird deserves all the credit in the world for serving his country as a member of the armed forces he clearly uh you know made immense sacrifice uh, losing a hand in, in service but just because you served in the military does not mean it gives you carte blanche to be a complete zero as an elected official and jim baird was a total loser as a, as a state rep voted for the largest tax increase in state history and he's been a complete and total loser as a member of the u.s representatives i don't th- i think it's all fair game because the stuff he does impacts us and i think it's great that you're running i hope you beat his ass up one side of the district and back down the other the floor is yours well uh, well thank you and it just goes to show that um that is it's nitpicking because there are so many bigger issues and you know the people of the fourth congressional district might say you know we've got bigger issues than this we just wanted to shine a light on it and show that oftentimes People run for office and say one thing, and then they get to office and they they do another thing. And I, and I'm you know letting the people know that uh, if that happens, then we need to be challenging the incumbent every two years. You know I learned this particularly on a special forces ODA where you have to earn your spot on a team every single day. It's known in a team room that if you do not do that, then you'll show up one day and your bags will be in the hallway. And that's because. You know, one, there's a short, but highly qualified line of people, barrel-chested freedom fighters that are eagerly waiting to pr- prove themselves on a team. And two, it's also known that, you know, we, everyone lives by Proverbs 27:17, which states that iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. And if the Republican Party were serious about descending the best, most qualified people to Washington, D.C., then they would encourage iron sharpening iron. And, and, and what we're talking about right now, me or my staff finding campaign literature or me exposing a voting record of our incumbent politician, this is what we would get if we had a political system that encouraged primary challengers, not discouraged them. And one of the most glaring things that I see, like I said, is that most of these people don't know who their rep is. Um, and that's because there's not a challenger holding the incumbent accountable for their votes and their adherence to their campaign campaign pledges. Charles, so, Charles we got about one minute left. Uh, Casey mm-hmm. is in charge of this show, so we give her the last question. Hey, Charles. Uh, Charles Bookwalter joins us running against Jim Baird in Indiana's 4th Congressional District, which is uh, really close to my home. I'm wondering, in your opinion, and what have you heard, what is the biggest concern among people in the 4th Congressional District? Um, gosh, there's so many. There's so many grievances right now. Inflation is a huge, huge grievance. People are not, uh, particularly when they hear about my background in the Army Special Forces, they make it clear they're not uh, in support of the war in Ukraine. I hear that a lot, that people know that it is corrupt. They know that there's a crime family in Washington, D.C. that is profit- profiting through corruption, and that's a big deal. Uh, people
people in the 4th Congressional District are struggling with inflation, and uh, they, they uh, understood that COVID and the stimulus bills have led to inflation. People are really waking up. This isn't the same playbook anymore that politicians can use in the early 2000s or 1990s. This is a new playbook where we actually have people that believe in the things they say, like objective truths and limited government. They don't just say that and then go to Washington, D.C. and and do something different. That's why I encourage people to not fall by a trap to say Charles Bookwalter needs to be a county commissioner first and then an Indiana General Assemblyman first. That's when they get their hooks in. That's when they uh, they uh, influence you to vote a certain way. And let's remember, Jim Baird is voting with his constituency, and his constituency is the big lobbyists and big PACs in Washington, D.C. And I encourage everyone to go to my website at bookwalterforcongress.com, sign up for my press releases, and look for an opportunity to, to join us in a town hall meeting that we have set up in Williamsport, Avon, Mooresville, Martinsville, Brownsburg, and Lebanon coming up soon. Uh, Charles, I would crawl through a bed of nails. I eat fire or swim with sharks in the uh, pacific ocean to get rid of uh to get rid of jim baird so whatever you need just uh, just let me know thanks for running and thanks for doing a good job casey take us home you're listening to kendall and casey on 93 wibc it's time to hear from you kendall and casey present voicemails brought to you by qc kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. Here we go at 1034. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, and it's time to hear from you. The phone number, 317-684-8444, if you would like to contribute with voicemails. All right, I have a life advice question that I'm going to ask you. Okay. Because you are a woman and a mother. Thank you and for so I'm going to I'm going it's to true. ask you based on that coming up in just a moment. And then you did something over the weekend, too. You joined a club of some sort. <laughs> yeah, tell you about that. Uh, but first, yes, we did get, uh, we, it is the voicemail segment, so we do want to include you fabulous listeners in the program. And one of the questions that I think a lot of people keep asking is, where did all of the support for Joe Biden come from in 2020? And I think that's a reasonable question, given the fact that the guy didn't campaign, hid in his basement. If you drove around basically pretty much everywhere, you didn't see, you know, a Trump huge, sign. Pl- you saw a lot Biden's, of Trump signs, didn't yeah. see a lot of Biden, Biden signs. signs. And uh, one of our great truck drivers who travels the country asked that same question. Uh, hi, hey, I just wanted to make a comment about your Thursday show about the election uh, being rigged. Uh, if there was ever a reason to believe that, last time around uh, was about almost as proof as you can get. Um, I drive a truck for a living, and I'm all around the Midwest from South Dakota to Miami, and I at that time I saw a billion Trump signs everywhere to, like, one Biden sign. And then next thing I know, he gets elected. So, and we see how it's gone since then. Uh, we all know they're crooks, yes, that's pretty obvious. Uh, that I'm sure we'll get a lot more discussion. Um, my question is, I have no doubt that the Trump voter would go vote for Donald Trump. 
Like if we did it the way we used to do in the old fashioned days of election day is on the the first Tuesday in November and you got to go to the polls and you got to vote. I have no doubt. <laughs> the old fashioned way. You know, the way it should be done. Yeah. However, uh, and this is where the damage comes in from the mail-in balloting. And I'm even talking about the legal ones. I'm not talking about the mass mail-in unaccountable balloting. I'm talking about the legal ballots. I'm not sure a lot of the people who voted for Joe Biden would have gone or certainly stood in line mm. to vote for Joe Biden. Because let's face it, if you're putting a sign in somebody's yard... You're pretty passionate. Yeah, that person's showing up to vote. Sure. But who who were these people? And if you'd said you're going to actually have to vote the way we've always voted pre-COVID... Or at least, you know, if it's early voting, you got to go somewhere and go vote. Would people have done that for Joe Biden? I don't think so. And then, of course, when you factor in the mass mail and unaccountable voting, which you have no idea in places like Pennsylvania, who filled a lot of those ballots out. Mm -hmm. The guy's got a point. Like, who are these Biden people who, you know, where how how does the guy end up with an approval rating of seven when there were 80 million people that were really excited about going to vote for him? These are the people um, who are magical and they're mysterious, Rob. They float amongst us. And they just show up in trucks in back alleys after the fact. Yes. Yeah, I believe uh, you're you're saying ballot stuffing without saying the words ballot stuffing. (laughs) Is is that what I said? Yeah, or ballot harvesting or whatever. That's where they are. Uh, Okay, so you joined a club over the weekend. It it wasn't a club. I entered a contest. Oh. So I got this from uh, Ron DeSantis. He says, yes, this is really happening. It got my attention. Oh, how how interesting. I'm flying out one lucky winner for a VIP experience they'll never forget. Wow. At this year's first GOP presidential debate. This is a hotel and airfare included. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this is like- Enter now for your chance to win. So Doug Burgum did the, you send me $1, I send you a gift card. Do you know Riley, who we had here on Friday, he actually did that? Yeah, he did, as did Kloppensteinstein. Yeah, and he got his gift card about three weeks later. Yeah, and uh, he showed it to us, as did Kloppenstein Stein. So that was on the up and up. This is a more traditional raffle, though, like one lucky winner mm-hmm. uh, because DeSantis doesn't want to hang out with a bunch of you people. He just will. Just we'll, one. He'll grin and bear it for one of you. For one person. And I felt lucky and I thought I'm going to enter this. Yeah. But you know what's happened since then? Uh, I'm going to guess uh, you have been bombarded with pleas for money. <laughs> That's it. Exactly. And you didn't get the win. You didn't win the. Well, I don't know. Drawing. He, he hasn't announced the winner, but I did this on Friday night and I'm not kidding. When I tell you all day Saturday, all day Sunday, text, emails, nonstop, Ron DeSantis asking for money for me. That's annoying, isn't it? Well, you know, I expected it. It's not like I didn't think it was going to happen. I knew that's what it was. Yeah. And that's what I do for this show, Rob. Get bombarded with. Yeah. I I, I did it for the show. A burner phone. Uh, real quick, I have a question for you. By the way, isn't this the same thing that happened with Todd Young, where there was something mm-hmm, where that I signed up for and he never got back to yeah, me? The, the actual thing. And oh, it was a yard sign. Right. We wanted a yard sign because, well, actually, we just wanted to have a conversation with Todd Young, mm-hmm. and we we had, and I never heard from him. Yeah, that's And amazing. then the second I texted that thing when he's doing the AM radio and uh-huh. cars yeah. still, and I did the text, and then I heard nonstop from him. Money, so, money. Well, no, he. He was just wanting my support for his bill oh. to keep AM radios in car. But Ron DeSantis, he really wants my money. Oh, yeah, yeah, You could do a one-time donation or in just R- different nominations. Ron DeSantis, and I've said I thought he would be a, a good president, but he strikes me as a person who would be painful to have to hang out with. You think so? Oh, yeah. I, I think maybe that's what people are getting keen to. Yeah, and that's that why he's not doing very well. He's not 
overly likable. Yeah. His wife likes him, but that may be it. His wife's way more likable than he is. It's true. All right, I have a question for you, Casey. What's that? You are a wife and a mother. Mm-hmm. And actually, why don't we save this? Hammer's going to join us because we've got to talk about this super bizarre story involving one of the best players in baseball who is now not making a team flight, was pulled from the game yesterday. There's all sorts of rumors about that. And then I'm going to ask you as a mother, and I want Hammer to weigh in on this, uh, something I am observing on social media that seems like it may not be the best choice as a parent, but I'm going to leave it up to you to decide whether this is a party foul or not. All right, we'll get into those coming up with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Haircut, looking good, feeling good. Oh, Kev, that's that's lowbrow hammer and Nigel humor <laughs> here with that intro music. I like the mood music that Kev came in with right there. How are you folks doing today? <laughs> doing wonderful. How uh, about you? Well, you already look less fat than you did on Friday. So <laughs> well, thank you. Get your thank haircut. You. And, uh, I'm I'm meal planned. I'm hitting what? the gym. It's how much I hate Rob Kendall. Nice. <laughs> uh, for, for those you who don't know, didn't hear Friday show. We're bringing back the hammer weight loss game. Yes, uh, that's been very popular. Multiple times on this uh, program. So the things that are popular, we had big announcements for. The weight loss challenge is back every Friday during this time. If I don't tie or lose any amount of weight, I have to put $5 in the pot for Rob Kendall to do whatever he wants with. Yeah. And the goal is 50 pounds. Yep. So we'll keep going until 50 pounds or one year has elapsed. Yeah. And I get three timeouts to use at my discretion and we'll do it. We'll do the thing. All right. Let's talk about this. Kev bumped in with she's only 17. Uh, <laughs> and we're doing so, that because the, so, uh, there's Ke- no way somebody could come out with that song today. No, absolutely right? not. No way. Absolutely not. No how. And if this is Kev's last day on this radio station, it's been a pleasure <laughs> working with Kevin uh, Ke- uh, because Wander Franco is this big-time prospect for the Tampa Bay... Well, I guess it's Rays now. They took the devil out, didn't they? It's Tampa Bay Rays. And uh, he signed a $183 million contract. Could be worth $223 million. And now there are reports he has been... He did not play yesterday. He did not make the team flight for their road trip. That this is because he was in a relationship with a 14-year-old girl. Yeah, this is bad. This is really creepy. And keep in mind, this is not the first time Wander Franco has gotten to a little hot water with the Rays. Again, this guy was their number one prospect, got called up. They thought he was going to be the future of the team. Mm -hmm. Had an amazing start. Gave him that big contract like you talked about, Rob. He got benched a year ago for being a horrible teammate. Yeah. So the manager of the Rays said, look, as good as you are, you need to sit out because that's how horrible of a human you are. (laughs) And now stories are coming out and we've seen the Twitter posts, X posts, whatever, 
record state. It's always Twitter to me. All right? <laughs> sure. I refuse to call it X. It's Twitter to me. It's always going to be Deer Creek. Deer Creek, Hoosier Dome, and yeah. Twitter. Uh, we've seen the tweets come out where this woman has photos with Wanda Franco, and they're very intimate, and she's wearing his necklace, and there's a lot of stuff going on. Well, and the, here's, so here's the crazy part about it, is everybody knows the allegation against him. It's clearly serious enough that he didn't play and now is not making a road trip. And yet ESPN has run multiple stories on this and they refuse to say what the allegation is, which is so wild. You're not saying he did it. Nobody's, he's not been convicted yet. You know, the Major League Baseball is conducting an investigation, whatever. But to not even say what the allegation is, right. they're acting like he said, you know, maybe, uh, you know, uh, you know, racially insensitive something or whatever. I mean, this is way beyond that. And BSPN is usually Billy Badass, like with tr- when the Trevor Bauer stuff came out. So think about some of the recent big suspensions that Major League Baseball has passed out. Uh, you had Aroldis Chapman, uh, the closer, played for the Cubs for a little bit with the Reds. He had domestic violence, and he was suspended for a while. Addison Russell was basically blackballed from the league, former Cub shortstop, for just horrific domestic violence stories. Uh, You've had guys taking substance abuse. Uh, Fernando Tatis of the Padres. We all knew exactly what happened. And you bring up Trevor Bauer. He had angry sex with a... (laughs) person that was not his girlfriend which which the court said no criminal wrongdoing that we can prove here and the judge in fact threw out an attempt at a restraining order at, uh, on the guy and yet he's out of baseball right he's playing in the japanese league right now so the question becomes why is espn and other media outlets it's not just them covering this story up like why are you not saying what is going on here? You don't have to say that he did it, he's guilty. That's not what we're talking about here. But don't ignore the story. Just say there are reports that he had an inappropriate relationship with a minor. And it, and they've done it in two stories now, which means it's that, that is absolutely That's deliberate. It's talking like, point. you know, one person wrote a story and, oh my gosh, you know, what a mess up. Clearly, they've gotten some sort of directive. Do not say what the allegation is. And why this guy? Yeah. Again, this isn't Mike Trout. This isn't, you know, the face of Major League Baseball. It's a good player, an all-star caliber player, but it's a horrible guy that's already been suspended for being an a-hole. Why are you bending over backwards to protect this guy? Even the Rays manager, Kevin Cash, he said his absence from the lineup on Sunday was because of a scheduled day off (laughs) and not reflective of any anything else going on with him he should have blinked twice if he was okay but he won't mention what is the anything else going on with him well that bob thinks man that guy's spitting (laughs) (laughs) hey i've got a a, a, a etiquette question for the both of you okay okay so there is someone i know on social media not well or anything but we're whatever they call it friends or whatever yeah whatever and this person posts a lot of photos of their life. This, These are my kids and these are my parents and, you know, regular photos of here's me and Junior at the candy store, and which is great. Whatever mm-hmm. you want to do, knock yourself out. But then in the same, what do they call Is it stories with the things that pop up yeah. where they're not on your feed, but people can see them? Right. In the stories, next to a, a photo of Junior at the candy store or Junior getting new shoes or whatever... This person will then post a promo for their OnlyFans account. Oh. And to me, look, if you want to promote your OnlyFans account, you do you whatever. You want to do photos of your kids or whatever in your life, you do you. 
but there's something about having these things in the same feed feed yeah. account platform where I'm saying maybe that's just not jiving well with me. I What's that? But you, but you two, I'm going to turn it over to you two because I, maybe I'm being unreasonable. Well, one thing I have to imagine if you're interested in this person's OnlyFans account, you don't want to see them being a parent. Well, that's, that's, that well, I'm leaving it up to you as a woman and a mother. Away, is this? Right? See, I don't care if they have kids <laughs> or not. Like if I'm going to pay money to watch her do the amazing tricks that she does on OnlyFans, I don't care if she's got shorties or not. They're not my kids. So I'm fine with that. And what if, you know, these kids are able to go to the candy store because of the work she does on OnlyFans? Well, I think that's great. You do, again, not not for me, I don't have a, is it an account, subscription, whatever you do on OnlyFans? I don't, I don't have one of those. But, and that's fine if you want to do that and that's how you're earning money. You know me, I'm a capitalist, whatever your own moral code is, your moral mm-hmm. code, great. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you've got like a picture of your kid and then it bangs Oh, that was a terrible choice of words. I was going to say it bangs right into, but it butts up. That's uh, 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 oh, so, even worse. It's getting worse. Somewhat scantily clad photo of yourself going, please subscribe to me doing whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just feels like you're mixing stuff and making a stew that maybe shouldn't be made. Maybe we create separate accounts. I for think all you're that. overthinking this. I guarantee at some point in your life, you have put a dollar in the G string of a stripper <laughs> who was, quote, working to put her kids through school. <laughs> and I don't think but it bothers you then. A, they didn't show me a photo of it and go, here's Sammy. Would it have made a, de- what it have made a difference <laughs> if Destiny up on stage number three at two o'clock in the morning at said, Rob Kendall, I'm going to take you back to the champagne room and we're going to do stuff that nobody else gets to do. But here's a picture of my kids. Is that the deal breaker for you? Stop it. Get out of here. This gives us a great opportunity to remind everybody your radio partner once paid a stripper in concert tickets. He did. Great story told on our show multiple times uh, back when he worked at another radio station. This is Nigel. Yes. Um, He went to the strip club, ran out of money, but thought, you know what? I still want to sit on pervert row right there in the front row. And this woman is putting on a show. She's dancing. She's grinding. Nigel tucks two, three doors down concert tickets into her G-string. Which, if you think about, while on the surface that might be a little pathetic, the the value of the three doors down tickets and the resale value. Yeah, exactly. The the lady probably made money off of that. He's a visionary. Exactly. He was ahead of the curve. Like, it's almost like a wedding registry, right? Like, sure, I could just give you some money, but how about I buy you this big thing over here that costs a little bit more than I would have tipped? Oh, what's coming up this afternoon? Uh, We're going to have the biggest stories of the day. We'll get into this Wander Franco thing a little bit. Crazy weekend with the candidates in Iowa. And Monday Gun Day with Guy Relford. Love it. Thank you, Hammer. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.